The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. It's the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling, and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally talk about all the topics dominating Kilkenny Hurling and beyond. I am joined in the studio by Eddie. Eddie, how are you? Former Blacks and Whites manager again this week. Yeah, yeah, it's in and out every week. Isn't it, it is, yeah. yeah no, no, I'm just keeping it kind of sporadic and yeah, you know, spontaneous. Kind of yeah, no, I like yeah, that. I like yeah, that. I think so. People yeah. like that bit of stuff. No, I'm great, Robbie. Thanks very much for asking. And yourself? Yeah, very good. Uh, good weekend uh, as a supporter of many teams for me. Obviously, we're going to chat about Kilkenny defeating Offaly. A good win there for Kilkenny, or a win anyway, whether it was good or not. Uh, we'll leave that open for discussion. And obviously, uh, Klopp's kids. We don't usually chat about soccer, but you're a big Leeds fan. Had a great win against Leicester. And I'm a big Liverpool fan. Had a great cup success against Chelsea and uh, I know you want to um, espouse the virtues of the Liverpool Academy <laughs> I tell you what I seen Jurgen Klopp crying on the side of the pitch yesterday he wasn't crying Piers Morgan hit the nail on the head when he said if you're crying because you've just won a Carabao Cup it is time to move on so we'll move on the last thing I want to do this morning I was talk about Liverpool winning a Carabao Cup yeah, silverware for Liverpool and congrats to them. Uh, hopefully there will be silverware for Kilkenny in the not-too-distant future. They are top of Division 1A of the Allianz National Hurling League after a 126-119 to win against Offaly yesterday. Um, not a lot of positivity around, despite the fact Kilkenny are unbeaten and are top of the group. Uh, what did you make of yesterday, first of all? Any open-ended question to start with? Yeah, see, unfortunately I wasn't in Nolan Park yesterday to watch the game, so I was listening to the game on the radio and, you know, it was a really it was a really poor start to the game for Kilkenny you know like at one stage they, they, they went 10 points down you know which against an awfully side that you know people were very much underestimating and really kind of saying they had no chance you know people started to get really I think people got very frustrated I think in the first half with, with, what, with what they were watching now I would point out Offaly did draw with Wexford last week and no one seemed to get too frustrated when Kilkenny drew Wexford and Nolan Park a couple of weeks before so like it the, the tone was set from early in play listening to the radio Taggy predicted a 10 point win for Kilkenny um, I think the two boys on commentary commented twice or three times about Offaly continually referring to them as a Joe McDonough Cup team um, you know so everything was set for Kilkenny to go and pulverise Offaly if that's fair to say Robbie and yeah that's not what transpired now the one thing I would say was Kilkenny were very wasteful in front of the goal in the first half they hit a huge amount of wides I think they were up on double figures and wides they're very close to it by yeah, half time and a strong breeze as well playing against a very strong breeze which it didn't come across I didn't realise the breeze was as strong as it was um, but again you've pointed this out a number of times that when teams are getting purple patches on, on Kilkenny they get a run at Kilkenny and, and, and Kilkenny don't seem to be able to weather the storm very well um, yesterday was another example of that um, Derek Ling I think showed a rootless side to himself yesterday he took off um, Peter Mack yeah. before half time I thought that was that was no, brutal really wasn't it if, if we're being frank yeah it was because like again because I'm not there watching the game I know Peter had been blocked down at one stage during the game so unless he's in an injury and I haven't heard that he has and maybe maybe he did pick up an injury highly doubt um, I don't know but like Taggy made the point and he was right in what he said that he could have took off any of 15 players before half time and Michael Walsh said it too um, and did Michael say it was a harsh yeah. substitution he just said that there could have been 4 or 5 taken off 
And I think maybe I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but maybe the implication was it was very, very harsh to take off somebody who was making their first start for Kilkenny when some of the more experienced players maybe had let him down rather than vice versa. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it was a poor performance. I, I don't think Peter's performance was warranted getting whipped that, that quick. You know, was he that much worse than anybody else? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what went on. And without being there on the side of the field either, but at the same time as well, you know. Derek has to be rootless too he's there to do a job and he has to you know there's no sentiment in that and I can assure you if he was taking that man off and the man wasn't injured there was no joy in doing it either and I can tell you that as a manager as well you don't like to do it um, did but it was, to Killian Doyle in last year's league against Tip if I'm correct uh, in his own club man as well yeah, but like, but, and a lot younger but there's a whole restructuring as in that substitution I think led to about seven switches like there was a lot of manoeuvring from that change that change there was a lot of nooks and crannies and uh, you know there was players moved in I think Wally went in at centre forward nearly straight away I think John might have went to midfield Um, you know they went with a two man full forward line at that stage as well and that was being reactive to a situation Offaly were getting very much so on top of yeah, yeah. and uh, I'd say that was the reasoning behind it so that kind of allowed him to weather the storm and get it in get in at half time but then listening to the radio my good lord I asked you when would the Kenny people start losing the head half time in the Offaly match was the answer you know like the text messages coming in here was absolutely unreal do you not agree with it no do I not agree with you you're the biggest moaner in the country mm. so you know me now we but, all know um, that yeah, but I'm, I'm all for um a bit of whinge in the morning but um, I don't know I think choose your moments like you're losing at half time to Offaly in the league five players started the All-Ireland final play yesterday there was ten players that didn't so that's you know, the problem Eddie if you don't mind me saying what the, the, the fact of the matter is Kilkenny's team that played in the All-Ireland last year won't be good enough to win the All-Ireland this year unless Limerick are knocked out in Munster and that of the ten players that were brought in that didn't play in the All-Ireland you needed to see a minimum of two if not closer to five that have at least some sort of a future in a Kilkenny jersey and the frustration amongst Kilkenny people was the fact that maybe none of them showed anything. I know, but see, this is what people are texting in, but I mean, give them a chance. And I mean that, give them a chance. Like, I know, I understand, but... <clears throat> you know, I don't I don't think the towel had to be fired in at, at half-time in the game. In fairness, they came out all guns blazing in the second half and they, and they, they corrected uh, what was a poor showing in the first half. There'll be none of them proud of that. I've seen Derek deflecting, you know, they were asking about what words were said at half-time and I know he's not lying when he says that. A lot of that will be player-driven and it will be. The players are going to dress them. They don't need any manager to tell them they're not playing well. They'll, they'll know themselves and they'll be very disappointed with themselves um, but I still think when you have so many players starting out Taggy touched on it yesterday as well it was something I said to you before I like the idea of five new players joining ten seasoned players as opposed to the other way around and yeah I'd agree with that yeah. you know it's just I just felt yesterday maybe maybe there was an awful lot of freshness uh, in there a lot of green players if you know what I mean that wouldn't be used to being at that level Um and, and, and it was probably a big ass. But in the second half, you know, the big guns came to the fore. Um, Adrian Mullen in both halves was absolutely brilliant. Um, six points from play, I think. Yeah, six points from play yesterday. Five points from play the previous week against Cork and a man in a match display in both games. And I can't remember what he scored against Wexford, but I think it was three or four points from play as well. Mm, um, so, yeah. Like, there's your green shoot this year. Adrian Mullen was midfield for Kilkenny last year in the championship for, for most of it. He's going to be, Adrian Mullen is 100% going to be playing the forwards this year. Um, and he's that forward you were saying that's going to get you six or seven points in a game Adrian Mullen is that forward so yeah, he's, he seems to have gone up a level at the moment anyway but I suppose the argument is that can you need more he's going to keep getting better though and like I even thought Owen Cody was smashing yesterday it was fits and starts but he was you know he was massive as well yesterday so I think what, what Kenny are trying to do at the moment it's tricky 
and it's very hard on supporters but no one will remember the first half performance against Offaly if Kilkenny win the All-Ireland in the end of July I want to go through the team Eddie um, of the 15 Darren Brennan in goal he's been amongst the panel for a long time Mikey Butler cornerback captain this is his third year if I'm not mistaken in the Kilkenny pack panel Connor Delaney was fullback he's been around for a good while with Kilkenny Tommy Walsh at cornerback been around for a good while David Blanchfield back in a very young player very good player uh, but this is definitely his second or third year you know, definitely his third year because he played in the 2022 All-Ireland Derek Corcoran very young player again but this is his second year on the panel I think Shane Murphy is a new player in on the panel from Glenmore Peter McDonald a new player Mikey Carey returning um, Adrian Mullen obviously Keen Kenny John Donnelly in the half forward line they've all been around Billy Drennan only a second year to be fair um, Liam Blanchfield full forward returning to the panel Owen Cody um, again young player but quite experienced at this level could you not make the argument that that was a relatively experienced side particularly for the end of February in the third round of the league and that it's not going to be you know there's the bones of the Kilkenny panel there the bones of the first 20 there's a lot of panellists there yeah there is and, I, and, and, I, and you know look to be honest with you I think they just started slow to start if Kilkenny had played with the wind in the first half as opposed to against the wind. No, I'm not making excuses here. No, 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 I understand. I think you would have seen a very different performance. I think Kenny could have been in on top. Offaly were always going to come out of blocks firing, right? And there was always the fear that Offaly would tail off near the end of the game. Kenny, when Offaly were tailing off, Kenny had a gale force wind at their back as well to drive them home. Um, the point that you're making about the experience in the team, yeah, you're dead right, there is lots of lads. Now I'm going to kind of cut into that a small bit more. Darren Brennan's been around the panel for a long time, but he hasn't had a huge amount of game time in that, that period of time. He's experienced and he's a good lad, but... <clears throat> Games like yesterday will bring him on a ton. Mikey couldn't disagree. Connor, Tommy Walsh. But then, like Connor Delaney, Tommy Walsh, they're all there a long time. David Blanchfield, as you said, has been in and out there for the last couple of years. Dara Corcoran's well established. Shane, Shane obviously is, is a new player. Peter Mack is a new player. Mikey Carey, he might be in around the panel for the last couple of years, but he hasn't played a huge amount of games either for Kilkenny. He had one good season with Kilkenny, then he missed most of last season through injury. Um, so And he went travelling for yeah, a season as well. I understand so, that too. <laughs> there's not huge experience there. Adrian uh, Keane, John Donnelly, you know, lots of experience there, and Liam Blanchfield and Owen Cody, Billy Drennan. Again, he only had a half a season last year. He missed out mm. nearly the whole season with a hand injury. I think it was his hand, um, and came back this year again. You know, so you know, it's 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 not the fact that they're in around panels and the whole. It's that they're not starting, you know, big championship matches, and that's where big experience comes from. But look, at the end of the day, a couple of changes at half time or in positional changes on the field corrected the issues that they were facing they matched up to what Offaly were doing they seen what Offaly's game plan was they matched it up and, and, and they batted them aside like they turned around six points wasn't it six points down at half time yes yeah, and they, half that turned around to a six point lead in about 15 minutes of the second half like they literally there was a 20 minute spell there where Kenny just literally blew Offaly apart um, they didn't keep the foot on the throat though and uh, they let Offaly back into the game late in the game as well they did I want to pick up on one of the text messages that came in and there were droves of them yesterday, I have to say. Um, a lot of people were, were... There were some people giving out that Kilkenny people texting in and Kilkenny people generally were being overly negative. And then one person, I, I just found this to be a very interesting text, said, it's not negative. It's called standards and they've dropped in Kilkenny. Is that fair? <laughs> Probably is to a degree in his opinion or her opinion the person that texted in um, oh, there was there was another text as well Robbie there was a fella somebody I, I, I don't know who texted in obviously mm. but somebody texted in and said you don't get any texts like this when we're winning and I was kind of thinking like Breed was with me in the car like, and Breed started laughing and said is that person right like and I said, why would you text into the radio and said that we're brilliant 
I said, <laughs> you know, no, like, that's true. You yeah, just look yeah. like you look like crazy people. Yeah. Like, give me the phone there quick. So I text in and say, Kenny, you're fantastic. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kenny winning by 15 points. Everybody knows. But what happened yesterday was an awful lot of people were texting in with negativity. That one about standards. Like, maybe maybe that texture is right. Maybe maybe they feel that the standards have slipped this moment. But then the other side of it too is the bar that's been set by the Kilkenny public is very, very hard to attain for the players. Do you think so? 100% it is. You've, you have to remember that Kilkenny, Kilkenny's standard is you have to win the All-Ireland. That's the standard in Kilkenny. That's the acceptable standard. And if you don't win the All-Ireland, that's a poor year. That's a fact. The same in Curry. Derek Ling has said that he's the manager. What? That, that you have to you win have the All-Ireland. But that's because Kilkenny set that standard amongst themselves. How many other counties do you think are starting? Now, I mean this. How many other counties do you think are starting this season that if they don't win the All-Ireland, it's a terrible year? In hurling, yeah, Limerick. That's it. You can stop then. No, Cork. I've Not a chat with oh, Cork and Tipperary every year. Eddie, it's called, there's standards in these no, places. These people to be fair. are delusional. I don't know. Cork, if, I chat, if you're in Cork, Mulcahy, if, he's a Cork legend, and he, he said. If Cork yeah. don't win the All Ireland this year, it's, it's a, a bad, disaster. Every year is a bad year if Cork yeah. don't win the All Ireland. Yeah, that's, that's what happened in Cork, though. The standards dropped, and now they're 19 years without an All Ireland. No, I think they should be well used to it. Uh, Tipperary, the same. I think you have to have a bit of realism here, right? So in my opinion, right now at the start of this year, and this has been straight, Limerick have to win the All-Ireland or it's a poor year because mm. they're going for five in a row or whatever and it's all that. Kilkenny have to win the All-Ireland because it's been nine years, eight years? Nine. Nine years without an All-Ireland. So Kilkenny have to win the All-Ireland. Galway, I am telling you now, a good year for Galway will be winning Leinster and getting to an All-Ireland final. That would be a brilliant year for Galway But that's Galway. Tipperary, if they can win Munster, it will be an unbelievable year. If they get to an All-Ireland final, it will be a brilliant year. They'll be making a statue of Sheedy down there. Like, it's... it's. I, I don't know. What's your man's name is over Tipperary at the moment that was over Waterford last year? Liam Cal. Like, Liam Cal inherited that Tipperary team that had dropped off. Are you telling me that Liam Cal's realistic target this year is to win the All-Ireland? Honestly, no. Yeah, I think so. Sheedy came in in 19... Yeah, it wasn't the most amazing. The panels it was the back end, of kind of that really good generation that they had. He won the All Ireland with them. He did. I think you have to win All Irelands. I think Lone has to win the All Ireland with Clare. To be fair, like it's not with, with respect to to hurling. We've spoken about no, this a bit. What I'm saying there's is, there's not a million teams out there. There's not, but the point of the matter is <clears throat> that text was the standards thing. It's a bit like Curry in the football. The public in Kilkenny demand All Ireland titles. And that's what you're measuring on is you win the All Ireland. There's nothing else. I would have thought, like, I, I, and I said this already, I would have thought last year was a brilliant year for Derek Lang, first year as manager. He I would agree. Less, I think won most, title and got I'm to an I think final. most sound minded supporters would agree with that. They're not by the barrage of text messages that came in at half time in the game yesterday. I think that was not frustration with Derek Ling as such or the job he's done. I think it's frustration with where Kilkenny Hurland has gone. To be honest with you, nine years is too long. It's mm. too long. You you can't sit here as a, it's it's embedded in the culture to play hurling and to win, and that's why we've been so successful at it. And I think that is standards. I don't think it is negativity. And when you don't win, then there's frustrations, and that's just the the, the levels that we expect. And with respect to the other counties, they can have their standards of Munster championships are doing well in the league. The likes of you know Wexford, who have kind of gone mad, and we we said it about them in the past. Clare having homecomings when they win Munster championships or whatever it might be. And you know I, I don't mean this disrespectfully but that's them and that's okay for them but for Kilkenny you have to win the All-Ireland and yeah. that's why it's been so successful down the years and I think that's not me saying it like as a, as a hurler on the ditch that's all I am but the actual people involved that have won All-Ireland and that have been really successful on the pitch or on the sidelines have said as much themselves and I think that's where 
the frustration stems from. No, no, there's no. I've no doubt in my mind that that's where the standards are set in Kilkenny. That you know, it's 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 set. As I said, and I uh, again the same as in Curry, that that's where the standard is set. I said it to you before about Ballyhale Shamrocks. If you take on the Ballyhale Shamrocks job as the manager of Ballyhale, you have to win the All-Ireland. Yeah. Like, lads would say to you, it must be the easiest job in, in, in Club Hurl and managing Ballyhale because they're so good. I'd say the exact opposite. It must be the toughest job in Ireland. Mm. Because if you don't win the All-Ireland, it's a disaster. Yeah. Like, and Kilkenny is the same. The point the person has made about the standards is, yeah, but I think there's a very, very high bar set for them players. That's that's my own opinion. I think they're not that far away. I think they are coming. Um, yesterday wasn't a brilliant performance, but they haven't been very good in the league all year anyway. Uh, the performance against Wexford was mediocre at best. Isn't that fair to say? Yeah, very, um, very, very much. The Cork game the last day, I know they won, but I said that to you, I don't know how they won that game. Yeah, it was patchy enough. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday, but sure, look, they're top of the league, they're unbeaten and Casey Lawler's text line nearly exploded yesterday. Which is a good thing for, for <laughs> us. <laughs> but yeah, obviously they won the game. Um, I know we have kind of a... We, we might run through some stuff, but just just generally for Kilkenny now in the league, black and white of it is that they're top of it. They have five points from three games, which is very, very good on paper. Uh, they're in a very good position now to kind of get into that top seven that <clears> we're <throat> speaking about. I think one more win and they're all but there. Um, in a good position as well to contest this year's league. So um, despite the performances maybe not being of the standard that we'd hope for and going down the line, maybe that might impact on Championship. It's been a good league campaign results-wise for Kilkenny so far and, and they're in a good position. <laughs> they're top of the league so, yeah I know yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they are though I think the league table sometimes can tell you a bit of a lie yeah that's true because um, of the fixtures yeah. yeah like would you have always circled Clare and Ennis as the toughest game in this league for this season yeah I think so Yeah. and what would have been the second toughest either Parky Cueve or heading to Waterford yeah, probably dependent on the situation. If Watford are playing for something, you'd say Watford, and then obviously if not, maybe Parky Cueve. Yeah. So now the way it is is they're going to go to Ennis with both teams top of the league, joint top. The winner of that game is guaranteed, I would say, a league a league final, basically. Um, and they're also guaranteed to be playing Division 1A Hurling next year with the new structure. The winner of that game is guaranteed that too. So that becomes, in its own right, a final. Mm. The following weekend then they go to Waterford and play Waterford, who... Like, I watched the Waterford-Cork game yesterday, and Waterford, they, they, they came back. They, they did a really good comeback yeah. against Cork. Um, Davy Fitz is going to need to get something happening in Waterford fairly quickly. Um, and I think he'd have that Kilkenny game circled as, you know, this this could be the catalyst for us going into the championship. We're not going to be in the league final, probably, but if we could get one over Kilkenny, the public will get behind us and, and he'd be looking at Kilkenny at the moment and saying they're not really firing yet hmm. so I, I think there's two really tough games coming down the line for, for Derek and the lads they're in a good position at the moment if they win one of them games it'll be enough um, but you'd like to win straight away in Ennis and you know Clare yesterday were held by Wexford who lost Lee Chin before half time Kevin Foley came off injured as well and Clare still couldn't beat them so maybe maybe all the furrow and all the brilliance about Clare winning all Ireland maybe that's a bit overstated as well maybe they're not as brilliant as everybody thinks they are too uh, they've beaten Cork uh, so maybe maybe that is the case I don't know but I, I think Kenny where they are in the league at the moment it's going okay um, there's been lots of changes and chopping and movements around you know players coming in and out and yeah. getting a run out um, and I'm sure Derek will stick to the plan I'm sure he had a plan at the start of the year and I'm sure he's going to stick to it um, so I'm sure you'll see a bit more experimenting next week but I guarantee you won't see you know I would imagine the likes of Paddy Deegan and Hugh Lawler be coming back into the team 
Yeah, I would have thought so. I think the team will get stronger now as the league goes on. Um, just before we move on from this game, Eddie, uh, we do want to chat a bit about Offaly, actually, because we did name-check Adam Screen, I think, a few weeks back in terms of, uh, obviously, he's one of the most talented underage players there has been over the last number of years uh, into the Offaly senior team this year. Um, what did you make of him and around that conversation that we were having about the, the slight corner forward, maybe the, that it's a dying breed? Yeah, look, he went in yesterday and Mikey Butler was picking him up and I actually think he, that was the second time Mikey picked him up. Mikey would have picked him up in the in the club yeah. championship as yeah, well. Yeah, it was yeah. it's, um Kilkarmakalai. Yeah. Yeah. Um there. <coughs> Screen he was playing with them as well and Mikey picked him up in that game too. Um what I will say is because Adam is so slight um in size, he has to compensate for that with his first touch. And his first touch is absolutely sublime. Oh, like, yeah. he has a first touch like Richie Hogan. That's the type of first touch he has. And I think Richie Hogan had to have that first touch too for the same reason, mm. you know. Um, but I think awfully themselves across the board, they're actually a very, very small team. Um, like, I heard Ronnie make a comment that he was over the Greg Ballycallan under 14 team and there's one or two of these lads out in the pitch here you you know they'd nearly get away with playing for the Greg Ballycallan under 14 yeah. so do you know that that that's going to be a major stumbling block for Offaly that they they have such a small physically small side for 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 this type of championship um will they go and win the Joe Mack this year I I I think they they probably will um you know they they've had some great tests in the national league to get them ready for the Joe Max so I think they'll have a great chance I thought Charlie Mitchell was absolutely brilliant yesterday for Offaly um I think he's a really good player the Samson brothers there's there's a couple of them in there they're very very good players as well Brian Dignan Michael Dignan's son he's a he's another cracking he's chap player, as well yeah. you know you know and even the full back there um Ben Keneally like he's been with Offaly for I, I don't know I can't remember an Offaly team without him on it for a long long time um, he's very good as well uh, like the, the Offaly they're not they're not so bad like I mean people are I think people are a little bit hard on Offaly I said that to you before they played Wexford that there was a real sense of we're going to feed these to the Lions now and the Drew there and I don't think they left I, I, I'd say they'll be happy enough leaving Nolan Park yesterday Oh yeah, I think um, so. 100%. You know, they'll be disappointed they didn't win the game, um, but they were never going to win the game, in my opinion. But I think that, to, to me anyway, I think there's there's too there's too much emphasis put on on, on the offlead. Say, oh, they're this or they're that. And as I said to you as well, the comments about the Joe Mack thing and the whole lot that 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 has to that has to stop as well. I think it's a case of take them as they are. They're in that division on merit. Um, they deserve to be in that division and I think the results will, will back them up a small bit as well it's going to get harder for them too I think their last two games are Clare and Cork Claire as well and Cork, yeah. so it's going to get hard for them as well it's not going to get easier um, but there's lots of green shoots in Offaly and you know wouldn't you love to see Offaly back at the top table of Hurling as well the Offaly people are in general are very very nice people and as a county they've always they've a real rich history in Hurling so um, you'd love to see them getting back there but I think they're a long way off but I think they could win the Joe Mack this year Ah, yeah, be great to see in fairness, and there's been some great work done there uh, to to raise the standards in Offaly GA, isn't that right, Eddie? Ah, there is. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, there, <laughs> there, there is, but like, no, but then back to Kilkenny as well. There was one other thing, and mm. there was text messages coming in as well, yeah. and they were going mad about the Kilkenny poke out. Yeah, this, this has been a common team, so what do you want to say on it? You have to try things, you have to try yeah. things, and the league is, is that an important call, Rob? No, so sorry. Why, why'd you leave I tell that? you what, I'm, I'm on live on air, and I've said this live on air, so I'm going to say it on a podcast that's recording. Uh, silent uh, mode on my phone isn't working. 
Okay, so I'm fair. really sorry <laughs> if anything that? happens no it's okay uh, yeah. as you can tell throughout the podcast I'm not actually contacted a lot so that was a rarity um, apologies so, Eddie so anyway be- between the jigs and the reels um, the puck out thing like there was people texting in at half time giving out about the puck out somebody texted in then and said oh you're all weighing in on Darren Brennan give him a chance you know I never and I mean this as well mm. it's very rare I blame a goalkeeper for a puck out malfunction the goalkeepers in general I bet you anything you want Darren Brennan put a ball in your pocket from 90 yards oh yeah oh Murphy the same that's, that's, that is for sure so there's a target set out for the puck out and it doesn't always work and when it doesn't work it looks bad for the keeper do you get me when a keeper goes yeah. for a sharp yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that so it's not but it's not always the goalkeeper's fault but it's always the goalkeeper that looks at fault yeah. so what I would suggest as well is and this is where it comes back to National League games um, Owen, Owen hit a couple of wayward puck outs the last day um, it's happened in every game so far in the league and it's going to continue to happen because Derek is trying new things he's trying out you know will we go short will we hit the 45 will we go long will we go you know and that's this is when you have to try yeah, this is when you do um, I watched I watched the Waterford Cork game yesterday and Davy Fitzgerald's poke out strategy yesterday it was it was really strange. Um there was one poke out where all the Waterford defenders went outside the forty five. You'll get to see this when we played them in a couple of weeks like. Yeah. But all the Waterford defenders went outside their own forty five. So there was no one between the forty five and the goal. And I kinda looked at this poke out and I said, They need to win this ball. Yeah. And they didn't. Your man won it for Cork and travelled from his own 65 straight through the middle and stuck it in the back of the net. Do you know, once he broke that line, it was open road the whole way to the goal. And he actually could have carried it in another 20 yards and buried it as well. Like, But um, they're trying, you know, this is what Waterford are going to do now. They're trying all these new puckouts. The same with the straight line puckout yesterday. They had five players in a dead straight line um, between the two 65s. And again, the idea of that is you create space left and right and the keeper either A, drives it down on top of that straight line or hits it left or right. But when he drove it straight down on top of it yesterday, Cork had an extra player back there and they were winning the ball and breaking out with it. But all of these things, Davy Fitz would be looking at them saying, I get these right during the league. The same with Derek, with Kilkenny. There's probably 50 puckouts they want to try out during the league campaign. You don't want to be predictable. So you have to try it. And unfortunately, when you try new things, things will go wrong. So I would say to people, be patient with that. Um, the day of getting the ball and just bombing it down the field is gone. Like, oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Anything else on the Kilkenny Offaly game? Because I do want to get on to the other games, Eddie. I know um, you alluded to maybe Offaly's lack of physicality uh, already, but they probably need to bulk up a bit. Do you think? It, they physically won't be able to. Um, like, they might get a little bit stronger, but you don't want to get too bulked up either and, yeah, and lose that move, pace yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but uh, no I think the biggest the biggest green shoots I'd take out of that yesterday was uh, Adrian Mullins performance um, from start to finish was absolutely majestic if he's consistent we're in business with him aren't we oh you're in business with Adrian yeah. Mullins Adrian Mullins always consistent I can't remember the last time he had a bad game he is just I actually think Adrian Mullins at the moment is the best hurler in the country he's he's definitely in the top oh, he's definitely in the top three or four anyway for me he's the best Um I just think he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he has it everywhere. His attitude and everything. He's just, look, I just, I've ran out of superlatives from him. He is just a fabulous, fabulous player. Owen Cody yesterday. Um, Owen's going to be massive this year in the championship. He really is. He got a goal yesterday, which just kind of sums him up. You know, he caught that ball. A normal player would have probably turned, got a bit of space, tapped it over the bar. He was not going for the juggler here, buried it. Um, I thought John Donnelly was 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 good yesterday. Um, I, I I I actually I actually would love to see John Donnelly play midfield for Kilkenny. Yeah, 
Um, I just, I just, I think he's he's big, he's physical, he's great in the air. But what I'd love to see with John is get on the ball, John, get your head up and fire it inside because his distribution is fantastic. Um, but I thought he was very, very good. Darren Brennan dropped the free over the bar. I know it's something you moan about the whole time. Darren Brennan dropped the free over the bar yesterday. I would say he was all of 105 yards away from the goal. And I'd say he had another 20 yards in it. I don't moan about it. I said other people bring it up and then I... Well, he... I definitely... I definitely... But some he, scored that. It was, but I'd say he'd have a pop at the O'Loughlin Gales goals from the Kilkenny goals. <laughs> he has some strike on him. It's, 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 it's pretty phenomenal. And I thought Wally was very good when he came in yeah, yesterday. Yeah, he was very good, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. He, he went off with a... I'd say it was a head injury he came off with. Um... Probably should have been a penalty. Um, he did take a fair old slap today mm. off a of hurl. Like I think that generally in any oh, man's yeah. language is that a free. Something the, uh, and then the other one as well is the the referee was good yesterday. On the I heard Chap Clare being interviewed after the Camogie game on Saturday, and I like I know Chap, so I know Chap is when he played. Chap would have been notorious for just being he, he was a good hurler. In the everywhere, yeah, Chap yeah, was a good yeah. hurler, but Chap was also notorious where he'd leave a hurl on you if he had to, like, you know. But he said, he said the other day, which I thought was brilliant. Um, I don't mind if you have to foul someone, foul them. That's fine. I don't mind that. He said it's the technical fouls that drive me mad. He said, as in throwing the ball instead of hand passing it or over carrying oh, it. He said they drive me mad. But he said if you need to break a hurl on someone, <laughs> by all means break a hurl. Um, something along them lines. Yeah. But yesterday, Kilkenny got caught for throwing the ball twice or three times yesterday. It's it's the, the GA do this. I don't know if you've ever noticed this in the National League. They're really no, they stamped down on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the championship happens, it's all open, expansive stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the plan is there. Taggy, Taggy wasn't happy with the ref at half time anyway. That's good. Kenny were losing Taggy be going mad. No, no, he wasn't be, he wasn't saying it was anything to do with the, the scores, anything to do with the ref. He just said he was a bit finicky for both sides. But that's this is that's point, technical yeah. fouls. But mm. this is what happens in the National League that I don't know, Taggy Taggy'll be able to tell you because he obviously played in the National League, but I maybe it's in my mind, but I actually think what happens is the referees come in, they're assessed in January, they do their fitness test the whole lot. Some fella standing there with a clipboard saying rule sixty one A, sixty one B and they're sitting watching them, um and the referees go by the book on every call and then what happens is around about March there's a hysteria from the media saying the game has been ruined it's free after free after free and then the referees start letting the game go again but Kilkenny did get called on a couple of technical fouls yesterday and that's something that's going to have to be sorted because free takers don't tend to miss frees now That brings me on absolutely beautifully to the other games uh, I was going to chat about Cork and Waterford first but Wexford and Clare and the fact that Wexford had eight different free takers yesterday the last one was from Seamus Casey a tough free but nevertheless a big chance uh, for him to get the winner for Wexford a 113-16 to 16 point draw with Clare we may as well just jump straight in on that every inter-county side has a top quality free taker it seems like it anyway um, most of them do Wexford don't at the moment especially if Lee Chin is out that must worry you as a self-proclaimed Wexford supporter Eddie ahead of the championship <laughs> does it worry me I said what worries me more is Lee Chin playing all these league games he went off injured before yeah, half time yeah. yesterday I would I'd be wrapping Lee Chin up in cotton wood he's so important to that team it's a bit like TJ with Kilkenny like TJ's I, I seen him in the stand he was behind the goal watching the game yesterday so he was there but he wasn't on the pitch um, I didn't see him in the stand I know he was in the stand <laughs> but, but uh, he was he was behind the goal there watching the game but no Lee Chin went off injured Lee's Lee's strike rate from freeze is, Lee's probably you know 
he, he's not the best free taker in the world either now he's not one of these no. lads that doesn't he's well, not he's the, he's the best free taker Wexford have seemingly uh, he is at the moment yeah. he, but Lee would be probably 85% 90% free taker he's, he, hits a, he hits a couple of weights too like, but I wouldn't have him in the same category as, and I mean this as well with all due respect there's not too many in that category but I wouldn't have him in the same category as TJ Reid when it comes to freeze like TJ Reid no. you know he but, but that happened last week with Waterford as well your man went off um, Bennett and I'd say, oh, geez, I thought at one stage Davy Fitz was going to come out and hit free himself. <laughs> I'm not missing. It, it did. And you know what? He might. He, but I tell you what, he, he wouldn't have been much worse. Yeah. And, and and unfortunately, I seen Seamus, Seamus Casey, wasn't he, hit the yeah, last free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was on his own 65. Like, I mean... But at that level, Eddie. I know, you know? that, but it, it, at that level. But he's the free taker for Oilgate, so he's taking frees for his club, like. So it's not like it was here, go on up there and have a smack at that. Um, you know, but Wexford, Connor McDonald is another person that's going to be, you know, capable of putting them over every day of the week. Um, you know, I think they might have been a little bit unlucky as well. Um, it's not ideal, but I think what happened there is Wexford is Lee Chin hitting all their frees. Lee Chin goes off injured. Plan B. I don't know who went first and then who went second who went third but to go through the game and have seven or eight different free takers it's it's not really that would worry me like what I, do you need do you need you two. obviously need one very good do you not need three no probably do like like with us like if you in Kilkenny you've got right now TJ Reid's unbelievable free taker Billy Drennan is an unbelievable free taker Owen Cody is an unbelievable free taker. So Kilkenny have three, and that's before I even start. You know, Owen Murphy um, is an yeah, unbelievable free taker. Yeah. yeah, do you know? So uh, I'd be confident if Owen can hit them from distance, he'll hit them from nearby as well. Mm. Um, but and Darren Brennan as well. Like, like they do have them. But I said this to you a couple of weeks back. Not everybody is as blessed as Kilkenny. Kilkenny again. You're about standards. It's nearly expected to have five free takers that can do that not every county has that luxury mm-hmm. but and you have to have one don't you you have to have a Patrick Horgan a TJ Reid and Aaron Gallant but like, like this I'm saying to you Lee Chin is Wexford's free taker and in fairness to Lee he doesn't let them down very often and at the same time Bennett's Waterford's free taker Waterford ran into the very same trouble last week when Bennett went off injured that's mm-hmm. genuine they missed some frees it was against Clare in, in, yeah. in, in, in Walsh Park, Walsh Park yeah. they, missed some, they missed an unmerciful amount of frees and the same thing happened yesterday to Wexford Wexford should have won that game yesterday now like they missed an absolute guilt edge goal chance and I hear lads saying to me about goalkeepers that was a great save by the keeper the, the, the last time I seen a save by a goalkeeper that I thought that was a brilliant save was Owen Murphy's save against Clare in the All-Ireland semi-final that was a brilliant save oh that was remarkable yeah yeah because the, the striker didn't do anything wrong he pulled the trigger he drove it where he should have drove it and it was a miracle save yeah. if you have a one-on-one with the goalkeeper in Hurling it has to be a goal. You just can't miss, like. You can't. Wexford were straight in on goal yesterday and guilt-edged, 15 yards out, keeper saved it. Shouldn't happen. He shouldn't even see it. Um, you know what I mean? All he should see is the net lifting behind him. So Wexford will be really gutted with that. But the point you're on about with the free takers, that would be a big worry, yeah. Um, that, that, that when Lee went off injured yesterday. But I wonder are the lads working on it in training? And I don't mean that... Oh, yeah. Um, I remember a fella said to me before, if you're genuine about it and you want to be the free taker and whatever, when Kilkenny are training, if Kilkenny are training tomorrow night at seven o'clock, I guarantee if you go in there at half six, Billy Drennan is standing yeah. with a bucket of balls, drilling them over the bar. How many lads are standing with buckets of balls beside him hitting them frees? Because if you have five or six, then you've lots of cover. If we go down to Extra Park on Tuesday night, how many lads are going to be standing with buckets of balls practicing? And that's where it came to bite them the other day. Maybe they just got a little bit complacent with Lee hitting them all. Good time though to... 
get that lesson, isn't it? So you can correct it for oh, the championship. Oh yeah, look, this is it. Have it corrected for mm. the championship. Um, but Keith's doing a brilliant job with Wexford. Hasn't won a game. Hasn't, hasn't lost, lost a game. He won the Welsh Cup, I'll have you know. Uh, yeah. You were a big fan of that, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> They're the only bit of silverware in Leinster at the moment. Um, it was it's strange, though, isn't it? Three draws. No, I, I've never. I can't remember it. No, no, I can't remember. No, I've never ever seen it before uh, in a league campaign. And then if you look at the three draws as well, I think they'll have felt they probably could have, if not should have, beaten Offaly. Uh, they definitely should have won yesterday. And uh, they'll have seen themselves that they, they, they were the team that was going to win that game against Kilkenny too. So mm. they've three draws that'll probably all feel like defeats. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's a good and point. When you're on about standards, if that's the standards that Keith's going to set for the lads, that they're walking out Nolan Park with a draw disappointed, Wexford could be dangerous this year. That's a good standard though to set. And I think, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens with Wexford. Just a word on Clare, you weren't impressed by them yesterday, obviously, but maybe, again almost as good as it gets in terms of playing really poorly for the first time this year for Clare uh, but nevertheless avoiding defeat and still putting themselves in a good position for the last two rounds Yeah they're in a great position going into the last two rounds you're dead right um, I was just saying in jest Clare were very very good the first day against Cork and mm. everybody was looking at going wow this is unbelievable um, the game against Wexford yesterday you kind of everybody expected Clare to come and win that game that's, that's yeah, the truth yeah, like. yeah. so everyone expects them to win it so when they don't win it then there's oh Jesus clear aren't that good are they but maybe it's Wexford that are maybe it's Wexford that we should be giving the plaudits as opposed to saying about how poor Clare we yesterday maybe they weren't let hurl um, and I will say to you Wexford, Wexford lost some bodies again yesterday um, I really 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 I think Keith Rossiter should, should definitely be resting Lee Chin now for the rest of the league Does he have a choice do you wonder is he is Lee Chin injured for the rest of the league do you think or how's that looking I don't know um, he just seemed to go over on himself he, like, he went up to catch a ball and came back down so it might have been just a case of rolling his ankle or maybe he got a bit tight in his calf or whatever um, I don't know um, Lee is such an athlete anyway he's in such brilliant condition like you'd, you'd imagine he'll recover as quickly as humanly possible anyway like he's nearly superhuman anyway but I, I just can't understand the risk you know when you look at risk and reward yeah like, what's the point like, I, I, I was a critic of him being played in the, in the, in the Walsh Cup um, I would have preferred him to miss the whole Walsh Cup and just start in the National League um, and maybe play a couple of games in it a half here and a half there but I, I, I don't know I don't know what the logic is in, in, in doing I just hope it doesn't come back to bite Wexford Cork and Waterford then 121 to 119 for people that don't know Cork won this game yeah um, Cork, Cork had that game won and, and, and almost threw it away again mm. I'd be worried about that um, the Cork goal the, the 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 goal that Cork got came off a very a really risky puck out from Waterford I'd say you could Davy Fitz really has real strong convictions you know he believes in himself there's no point in saying he doesn't yeah, and, and rightfully and, so and yeah, I, no, I, might, no I might get onto that. that I might get um, onto that I have no issue with that so that puck out like if I tried that puck out and, and the result of it was a goal against me I'd probably put that one away then Um Davy won't. You'll see that puck out against Kilkenny as well. It's a real attack-minded puck out. But if you you have to see it to believe it. I've never I've never seen anything like it in hurling. Um, you you want balls on you know like a Bengali tiger to do it. Well, if anyone does, it's Davy. He Sherman. does have it, but the ball was turned over quite easily by Cork, right. and and uh, they blew them in. Um, but Cork Cork are chipping away. They needed that win yesterday. Like they were after losing to Clare and they were after losing to Kilkenny. Like. You know, genuinely, like, and you know, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they needed the win. Yeah. But Waterford, Waterford have beaten Offaly and now lost to Clare and Cork. 
Uh, you're looking up at the sky. Yeah, like, they have, on, yeah, yeah, that's what it's been. All in there, Robert. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's uh, they're yeah. so unmemorable to be honest with you. Some of these games, and I have a good memory, but yeah, but it's just, it's it's just so early in the yeah, season. Yeah, I know. Um, but no, I think I think I think Cork are good value. I think Cork will be very disappointed with last week um, not getting a result against Kilkenny. That's being honest. Um, so I, I, I watched this space with Waterford. Waterford are out in the weekend of the ninth of March. Their next game is against Offaly. No, it's not. It's, it's against not Wexford. It's Wexford. Yeah, they'd, they'd be awfully already. Yeah. Um, so their next game is against Wexford. Um, I assume you make an ass out of you and me here now, but I assume that game is in Walsh Park. Um, Wexford are after having two home games and one away yeah. game, and uh, Waterford have had two away games and one home game. So this this game is going to be Waterford mm-hmm. at home. Um, that'll be a humdinger because if if Wexford win it, it throws them right into the mix. It does yeah. And then you have the little Davy Fitz thing as well. Oh, I love these Wexford lads. They're my friends. They're yeah, all my yeah. family. And, and he's up against his old team. And ah, there could be a real good undertone to it. And it's a good week as well for Wexford this week in the sense that they've a rest to, to give a few of these players a chance to get back for that game. So that should be a cracker, I hope. Hopefully. Uh, just on Davy Fitz and Waterford, uh, they have had three games, as you said, obviously defeating Offaly in the first round. And then marginal defeats to both Clare and Watford a point against Clare I think and two points obviously yesterday against against Cork not against Watford yeah. um, like he was given out yesterday not given out but he was basically saying that the third quarter which we know is a very important period in any game whether it be hurling football or even any other sport uh, is kind of where it's getting away from them at Watford do you think and I'm starting to kind of think myself Davy Fitzgerald will always have at least one good year with a team it, it, you know so far in his managerial inter-county career that's been written in stone nearly like there's a lot of pressure coming in this year do you think they're just kind of sitting in the long grass as has been said in the past with Waterford and then it's gone to backfire on them and they might be ready come Munster Championship to start really early and get a couple of wins and get out of Munster because they're not expected to let's be honest they're not coming out of Munster no I don't think so at all Um I think I, there's an awful lot going on in Waterford that we don't know about. And in my opinion, I think somebody like Austin Gleeson not playing for Waterford this year would be the equivalent of trying to think of a Kilkenny player. But like Owen Cody or Adrian Mullen saying they're not going to play for Kilkenny this year. Um, that's the level of loss that Austin Gleeson is to that Waterford yeah. team. So he's he's refusing to play. I believe there's a number of Ballygunner players that choose to play for Ballygunner over playing for Waterford or don't seem to be getting in there uh, genuinely yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. so to me everything is not good in Waterford Davy will have his little panel of players to be 35 of them and they'll have the siege mentality and we'll be great and the whole lot technically he'll have them set up to do all the things he can do when it comes puck outs everything else but when the chips are down and he's on about that third quarter in the game the moving quarter to call it in American mm. football th- when the chips are down when they're really putting them is there a bit of a soft underbelly to them Waterford lads sometimes and I just wonder in the past yeah I'd agree yeah. and I just wonder will the buckle under pressure because there's no pressure on them yet like these National League games no, there's yeah. no pressure um, when, when, when Bennett went off injured the last day against Clare and they had to switch I think every player in the Waterford team had a shot of free you know and then they lost by a point you look back on that and you go Jesus we left that one behind us and I just and I don't want it to happen but I just think for me Waterford are a good bit off Limerick they're a bit off Clare I know they only lost by a point but they're a bit off Clare they're a little bit off Cork and Tipperary look like they're flying this year now granted I had to listen to a fella this morning and tell me how well Tipperary are flying too look at who Tipperary have played so far 
Yes, yeah. Without being disrespectful. No, no, you have to acknowledge it. So, I'll judge Tipperary when they play Galway and they play Limerick. Yeah. But fair enough. Oh, yeah. Waterford, will they come out in Munster this year? I don't think so, no. Yeah. You said David Fitz has a great year every year with every team. No, he'll always, he, he has always had one absolutely exceptional year. He's a brilliant At manager. least. Nah, he's a brilliant manager and he's overachieved as well. He do you really think has. people take the person, not the person, say, but a lot of people just don't like him. They don't like his character as such. And do you think they, they mix that in with the fact that, oh, because of that, he's not a good manager, where they're not able to separate it, that he's actually achieved a lot as a manager, even if you don't like him, which is fine. Uh, yeah, look, come here. The problem you have there is personality doesn't matter. Like, you take Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool manager, you're on about him. I don't like him. Everybody else loves him. The, the more people like him, the more I don't like him. A lot of people like don't like him. I don't like him because I think he's false. I think mm, I don't. when Liverpool are wear, winning, he's out clapping and cheering on the crowds yeah. to sing along and the whole lot. When Liverpool lose, he's whinging and moaning and the whole lot. Ferguson was like that as well. Maybe it's a thing with winners. I don't think that's um, false. Yeah, I think they're winners. I think, they're, um, I think all the top Yeah, no, no. I've never seen Alec Ferguson standing waving to the crowd to sing along with him and punching his chest and doing fist pumps. Ah, did. Them, that's different character. Him. No, it's that's not. a different character. It is. David Fitz is a character. Davy Fitz is more like Jurgen Klopp than Alec Ferguson and I'm not a Man United fan either Davy Fitz you know he can go over the board too as well like you know and he, he does he not have to no it's he, he's not, but he's not managing Kilkenny or 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 Limerick or he, he's never managed a team with the best players no he hasn't this is what I'm saying he overachieves I think he's a brilliant manager so then you, do you not when you're, when you're managing a team like that do you not have to do something a bit different um, but that siege mentality he's a parody of himself about. if you do that you create that inside like he ran onto the pitch down in Nolan Park do you remember that there a couple of years ago and yeah. he took a belt on the way off and of Jason Ford you know and then at, at, at full time in matches you know this whole thing I'll tell you what's happening here now and you know he does he plays that victim card an awful lot like and I thought last year he was very 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 um, disrespectful towards Lone or um, um, Liam Cal. Yeah. yeah, and I don't mind him being himself and Lone they seem to have no love loss but that's no. fine you know characters in a little fight but yeah. I just thought he was a little bit disrespectful towards uh, Liam Cal he made a comment I'd agree with that yeah on, on numerous and he occasions. meant more than one comment <coughs> yeah. numerous occasions he did it and I think that's not I didn't think that I think I think he's better than that as well but do I rate David Fitzgerald I rate him hugely I think he's absolutely brilliant do I see why people wouldn't like him yeah it's because of all that stuff goes on the same the same reason I don't like Jurgen Klopp standing outside the dugout holding his hands up to his ears asking the crowd to sing along stop Ask me. Go and do your job. I don't know. I think I think when you're at that level with, with, with respect to the teams that David Fitzgerald has managed, you have to be you have to be different to get a different outcome to what those counties are used to. And I mean that with no disrespect at all. Um, but I think that's why he has been successful. And when he loses, he looks like an absolute buffoon. But to be fair, he's willing to look like one. I think he's been one of the great characters in the game, uh, which has been lost sadly. I think over the years. But anyway, we won't go. We won't go into that too much. That's Cork and Waterford. Just to, to touch on the other groups, Eddie, because this is going to bring us into our next conversation. Uh, Limerick absolutely obliterating Dublin on Saturday night. Galway proven way too strong for Antrim yesterday, and Tipperary, albeit in a very close game, uh, did come out on top in the end against your own home county, Westmead. Uh, this group makes me bored yeah, but it's boring at the moment but you always knew what was going to happen there's inevitability here mm. so you have three teams in that group Westmead in fairness them are putting up some oh, they uh, are, yeah, no, 100%. good performances um, but like you've, they got pulverised by Galway <coughs> but you've Galway, Tip and Limerick and they're the games that are going to matter in that group it's as simple as that the Dublin match the other night against Limerick was on telly on YouTube, was it? I don't know. I was on. I'm just gonna say I was on, <laughs> it was on the telly. In my house. <laughs> it was on, maybe it was on YouTube. Yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, oh God. so anyway, um, it wasn't it wasn't in my house now. It was yeah, somebody else. One hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, no. The one thing I would say to you was that uh, the the Dublin, like I've said it a few times, that Dublin are in big trouble, and they are. But there was there was no there was no hits in the game. There was no. It was like literally. It was like it was like a friendly. It was worse than a friendly. Um, I didn't see the pressure being put on the Limerick players. You know, if you were playing. Like if you were going out, if you were an underdog, you take Westmead when they played Limerick. Westmead came in with a huge amount of intensity. They said they'll tighten it up, make it hard, throw bodies on the line. Yeah. Didn't feel I didn't see that um the other day from Dublin. Um They're so passive though, aren't they? My God almighty. Yeah, I, I, I see like maybe and I'm being hard on Limerick by, by saying it, but it was just they were just so far off their men all over the pitch that Limerick players looked like they were you know, they were nearly they had three, four foot space every time they got a ball in their hand. Like and um Limerick looked good, they were clinical as well, they got a couple of really good scores. Um but it was a match of how bad Dublin performed defensively versus how good Limerick and how clinical Limerick were finishing wise. But they weren't being put under enough pressure for me. Um they were, they were getting shots off too easy. I don't want to go in on Dublin too hard, but I'm going to uh, <laughs> like there's teams when I go on about Davy Fitz. To be fair, he ticks a team up there seven, eight, nine points behind, say their opponents, and he he does something. To be fair, whether you like it or not, to try and close that margin, he adapts to the situation at hand. Dublin now for so many years, they just go out against teams that yeah they're better than them, and they just nearly accept the fact and they lose the game by the margin that you think they would before it. I mean, it's just so poor. Like I don't know where has it all gone so bad for them. But Dublin, it's look. You, you get these cycles and stuff, and, and unfortunately for Dublin at the moment, they went to, they became extremely competitive, and they've kind of fallen back a small bit. Uh, Davy Fitz was touted as the Dublin manager before me. All who got the job. Um, I wonder would he have done any better? Me all who's a fairly good manager as well. Oh, he's top manager. To be fair, um, yeah. So I wouldn't be putting the blame at me all's feet. Um, Dublin have been in decline for a while, um, and I think they've 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 reached. The, the bottom of the decline and maybe it's now it's going to be start to rebuild it and the whole lot but what Davy gets out of teams early in, in, in his tenure is he gets passion heart commitment fight and there were things that I wouldn't have associated with that Dublin performance the other day. I think that, that's, that's where the issue is with Dublin at the moment um, I don't mind I don't expect Dublin to be beating Limerick I expect them to die under swords yeah that's exactly my point as well I just it's just sad when you see it um so look, that's that group, I suppose. Uh, I know you want to get on to maybe a team of that game was the fact that defenders don't seem to want to defend anymore in the team across the weekend and for a couple of years now maybe. But just before we get on to that, uh, another thing that sprung to mind and Enda McAvoy mentioned it with me uh, on a special interview we did last week that you can uh, listen to anywhere where you do your podcast listening. Um, the scores this weekend... Uh, just, just the two that stood out to me anyway Galway 235 albeit against Antrim uh, again don't mean that disrespectfully uh, Limerick 330 against Dublin again maybe not one of the stronger teams but still like he said and a lot of people I think are in agreement some people will disagree that it is getting to the stage of farce really that you know there is just so many scores that what was supposed to be a spectacle because of all the scores has actually made it into a lack of a spectacle. Yeah, it, look, um, a two thirty-five from Galway is 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 a phenomenal, a phenomenal thirty-five points in any game. It was thirty-seven scores in a game that's seventy minutes long. You know, I, yeah. I don't know what Antrim put over the bar in that game as well, but like you've got, you've got thirty-seven scores, so that's a, a score every second minute. 
and then we'll add in Antrim scores there as well which was probably I don't know I think it was 121 was it I just want to check in here now um, 25 point win so 113 113 so you've 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 14 scores and 37 scores 47 for the every night 50 51 scores in a 70 minute game so you know I would suggest that the ball was out of play more than it was in play as goalkeepers were getting ready to hit the puck outs um, how do you correct it is the biggest issue I think and this is something and no one will, the argument is that the ball is too light that's what they're all saying now but I wonder is it that simplistic like is it that the ball is too light or is it that these players conditioning is absolutely through the roof is it that the hurls these players are using are stronger than the ones that were being used in the past um, I think someone said to me now maybe and this is back down to not marking your man and not doing I don't think there was a hurl broken in the All-Ireland final last year um, I never thought of it yeah. I don't think there was I remember reading somewhere you know and you go back a while for a hurl not to be broken in a hurl match no hurl broken in an All-Ireland final I think that happened last year um, in what would have been a high tense game Kilkenny and Limerick course, two teams yeah. firing at um, I think it was the All-Ireland final it was either final or semi-final that there was no hurl broken in the game and I remember thinking whoa like when I read it um, so it's, there's, a, there's a lot in it um, I'm massively against tinkering with stuff too much I'm afraid in my life that when you do make these modifications that you could ruin the game as well. It's not so bad, but maybe maybe make the ball a little bit heavier. That seems to be the obvious. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do anything else. Um, you hear lads saying that, you know, cornerbacks shouldn't be allowed to leave the full back line or whatever, you know, you can only shoot from a certain point. There's so many technical rules you could throw into the game that would ruin it. Just make the ball a little bit heavier. Trial it for the National yeah. Leagues. The only thing I'd say, and this isn't a, this isn't why Limerick uh, win all Ireland's. They're the best team by a country mile, if we're being honest. I think anyway, um, and they're exceptional. But I do look at them, and the only question you have when they're shooting from their own, it seems like their own forty-five, is not if it's going to make it. It's just whether they're going to hit the target or not. And they're so good that they're able to hit the target from that distance, and certainly their own sixty-five and beyond. Like would that worry you at all? The fact that it just it feels like you can get the ball once you have that little bit of space, you can shoot from almost anywhere. How many points did Dermot Burns get against Kenny Lash in the other final? Enough to win it, unfortunately, but uh, I'm not sure exactly. But he got there was two or three pokeouts landed straight down in his hand, and he turned around straight back over the bar, like. Yep. Um, and that that that's takes a bit of the fun out of the game. It didn't take the fun out for the Limerick fans, I can tell you. Um, there, it's a skill. And it's oh, a hundred percent, and it's a wonderful. and they're the best at doing it. They are. Um, it does. It, do you know what? What I find drives me mad. Midfield is nearly redundant now. Yeah, Ender said that. Ender um, said that. He just said it's just the midfield just bypassing every single game. I think that is the case, and I think the other thing as well is the goals. There used to be a time where you got a ball and you drilled it in low into the corner forwards, mm. and they'd win their ball and go for yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen as much anymore. I think for now just make the ball a little bit heavier see does that improve it and then in time maybe make it five points for a goal oh that's interesting um, we'll move on from there to the fact that you want to bring up Eddie uh, defenders just tend not to really worry about defending anymore um, <laughs> I don't think it's a collective term that the defenders don't defend anymore but I think what happens now and you hear it all the time there's no positions anymore in hurling or football so if I'm playing cornerback, Kilkenny followed their men everywhere yesterday. So, like, I think Dara Corcoran started a full-back yesterday for Kilkenny. Yeah. Um, even though it says on my team sheet, Connor Delaney. Delaney. Delaney was full-back. Delaney. I can't remember. But 
Dara Corcoran was out around midfield and he was in the half forward line you know he just followed his man um, but that was a tactic that Kilkenny had went with they said look we're going to just follow our men for the day um, and, and, and that's what's happening across the board in hurling and in football like you had Mikey Butler last year was earmarked to pick up Tony Kelly and he was out playing midfield do, do you know it's, it's, yeah. it, it doesn't matter but what I find now is the, because the game structure has moved around like that players then end up with a situation where you have a back you have a wing back hitting four points in a game and lads are giving a man of the match and they're forgetting that the wing forwards after hitting ten points. And I think you'd like to get back to the scenario where defenders actually just go out and defend, stop the forward scoring and that's your job. Your job's not to score. There's six lads down the other end of the field. That's their job to do that. Your job is to stop their men. And I think what happens sometimes is it's papered over. Do you ever notice in training sometimes I'm marking you in training, you win the first ball and then I win the second ball and you win the third ball. There's not a glove laid on each other for the whole game. I think that sometimes is happening now in, in, in Hurling. I can't remember. Tony Kelly and Mikey Butler was an unbelievable battle last year. Adrian Mullen and Mikey Butler in the county final, albeit it was nearly club 90% game. of it off the ball. Yeah, that's a club um, game as well. No, well, obviously it's a club game, but it was yeah. 90% of it was nearly off the ball, do you know, the type of way. But you don't see them battles anymore. Um, I, I don't know. When was the last time you watched the game? Tim, like Galan and Lawler, I thought last year was interesting in the in the full. I always think that's an interesting battle. Yeah, Huey, Huey's definitely getting the better of that battle the last few years now. In fairness, um, but you, you're right, you know. But there's not you don't no, have that many. No, not like back in the day when you had the rock in at full back and you know someone like whoever it was going inside in there to, yeah. to torture zone. And the man, you know, this is it. But then battles don't happen anymore, and the game is the game is less first. It's it's not a better game now. It's, is that nostalgia? Do you think that's nostalgia? No, I no. think the passion in that. There's an awful lot to be said for someone like Dan Shanahan coming out, winning his own ball in front of his man, barreling his way past him, rifling up into the net, throwing the fist up in the air, and there's not. I love that. I love it. Um, and I think the game's lost that a small bit now. I don't. When was the last time you seen someone coming off the field with their head bursted open? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like, do you not think that's a natural <coughs> development, Doyle? And I know what you mean. I kind of agree with you, but that like things do change. A hundred years ago, lads just used to poke the ball on the ground, and ah, yeah, that, that would. Yeah, and then in 1974, everybody wanted the ball to be poked on the ground, okay. and that there's just a natural evolution. And eventually, all this stuff will fade out, and the game will move on, and people will say, in 20 years' time, Jesus was great back in 2024. Uh, not everything changes for the better. I agree with that. Do you know, so like the fact that something has evolved or changed doesn't mean it's better. For me, watching the Offaly team in the in the late eighties or the Galway team and in, in, in the late eighties, watching Kilkenny even the Kilkenny team in the Nordies, that really brilliant Kilkenny Especially team. the Kilkenny team. Yeah, you know, but what I'm saying is even even that, that team, the the technical ability of the players, the the passion, the Tommy Welch is going up and going to war, you know the type of way. They yeah, were still yeah. they were still warriors. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel that warrior effect is kind of drifting out of the game a small bit. There's not too many Mikey Butlers. I'd like to see lots more Mikey Butlers. Like Mikey Butler has taken up the mantle of the Tommy Walsh role where he just goes out and throws his body on the line for, for 70 minutes. I know they're all throwing their bodies on the line, but I mean, Mikey's an old style hurler. He's old school. He'd just go out there and he just, my job stop you hurling. And if I get a bit of time to hurl myself, I'll do that in the afternoon. Do you know that type of way? And he'll, he'll pop up with the odd score because he's travelling all over the field. Like, and, I know, I just, and that's not me being nostalgic. I just genuinely think there are better games to watch. Okay, Eddie, we'll move it on. Um, you've been very, very good with your time today, I have to say, without uh, dripping the curtain back too much. Um, 
I suppose one of the topics, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff at the end of the day isn't the biggest deal in the world when it comes to uh, what we talk about on this podcast. Uh, one of the topics open for discussion this week, however, was the selection of Kyle Hayes in the Limerick team. Um, this off the fact, uh, off the back of the fact that he was proven guilty in a court of law. Um, obviously for people that aren't familiar with it, uh, he was in, in court for uh, assault and violent disorder. Um you can read up on the case. I don't want to go into it to be too much, to be honest with you. Um, the sentencing hasn't been handed down yet, so um, that's obviously the situation at hand. Played for Limerick on Saturday night against Dublin in their uh, very convincing victory. I suppose, like, what should he have played is the, is the obvious question. Yeah, well, this is it, you know. But look, this is delicate now because... Uh, you, you know, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble for, for, for I'm sure this will divide opinion. I'll put it to that with that. This will divide opinion. Um, it'd be wrong of us not to discuss it because it is meant to be a topical hurling podcast. And um, I think for me, there's about two or three sides to that one that you have to kind of consider as well. Um, and I know Shane threw it at Taggy during the game yesterday to ask Taggy his opinion. And in fairness to Taggy, he deflected it really well <laughs> he kicked it straight back to him oh God. but I won't do that and I'll get your opinion on it in a second yeah. as well like for me first and foremost take the case out of this for a minute or whatever else and I'm not saying what's right and what's wrong he was found guilty of whatever he was found guilty of and, and, and a judge will determine what's going to happen to him in the next couple of weeks and that's fine should John Kylie select him to play for Limerick I think I think he had to I think Limerick have backed Kyle Hayes throughout this process they haven't defended him but they've backed him and you have to remember as well in Hurling and in all these team sports and the whole lot we always push the whole family we're a team we're a unit we're a family we're a group and if that was your brother or sister that was facing into something like this at the moment that had done wrong and was going to be facing into this you'd stand by them and and, and and I think you would in general you'd, you'd probably stand by your family and the whole lot so that's one thing I'd say John Kiley has stood by Kyle Hayes and Limerick GEA have stood by Kyle Hayes throughout this whole process they haven't defended him that's very important that I say that that it didn't come out and say you know he did great and he was a good lad to do what he did that hasn't happened but what's happened is they've stood by their player in the sense that they're there to support him and help him through it there is another side to that too as well is Kyle Hayes' outlet in life is hurling that's his passion and the whole lot that could be getting taken away from him in a few weeks time by a judge and there's a mental health a lot side more could be taken away I know that his freedom could be taken away from him but that that's for the judge to decide that's not for the Limerick senior hurling manager to decide and at the moment he's available to be selected Limerick have stood by him throughout this whole process and I think for that reason and that reason only you do select him I did see him getting a standing ovation coming off the field and that didn't sit right with me I think Do you think it was a standing ovation for his performance or off the back of everything that's happened? They're playing against Dublin and they're winning by about 20 something points you know the, 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 what's happening is they're I think that was the Limerick supporter showing them that, that we have your back too I always flick to the other side of that and I know there's been incidents in Kilkenny over the last number of years as well with different people doing different things but I knew when you're looking at something like that you have to take the line of the victim as well and how does his family feel how does he feel seeing that type of reaction as well so the whole affair is not nice the whole thing is quite quite 
hard to manage it shouldn't be something that we're playing out in the sports pages anyway um, was John Kiley right to play him I don't know if he was right or wrong to play him he chose to stand by Kyle Hayes Limerick G yeah, chose to stand by him so when you're standing by somebody you need to stick with them thick and thin so play him fine the only thing that didn't stand right with me was the, the standing ovation I don't know what your own thought is acquitted of assault found guilty of violent disorder I think it's a very very tender situation I would agree with you. I I think there's a terrible, and not to, we could go down a serious rabbit hole here, but there's a terrible uh, cancel culture at the moment where if anybody does anything seen to be wrong, you're just wiped off the place, face of the earth, it seems like. Uh, and that's just if it's seen to be wrong subjectively. This obviously is wrong in a court of law, which is a completely different kettle of fish. Having said that, I understand where you're coming from. I think, like, he's going to be given some sort of a punishment for it. We have to wait for the punishment, and you can't just ban a person from living their life, even if that life is in the public eye, because of something that he's done. Having said that, I know they give up all their time. I know it's an amateur sport. Intercounty players and people involved do benefit in different aspects of their life from being in the public eye as a result of being an intercounty player. And they lean into that when they need to. And rightfully so. Why wouldn't you? On the other hand, then, that means you have responsibilities. You're a role model. You're a person that's in the public eye. You're looked up to, whether you like it or not. And you have to behave, maybe, because you're treated, at times, above a normal person. Then you have to behave above a normal person. You know, that's just maybe a fact of the matter. And he really did let himself down. There's no getting away from that. What he did was... Like, you can't... You can forgive it, but you can't. Like that's awful. I know what you're saying. If that was, if that was your brother and sister, I'd agree. You'd back him up. But if it was your brother and sister that was on the other end of what he did, would you like to have seen Kyle Hayes out on the pitch? Oh yeah, no, no. Like this, I'm saying to you. Like I totally agree with it. But like, like, like Robbie, I, I, I don't think any of us should be held to any higher level, but than anyone else. Whether I play hurling for Kilkenny or I don't. People people do things that are wrong and people make mistakes and people, you know, and that's that that's fine. Take that one as it stands itself, you know. And like you know, I said it to you before. I'm I'm, I'm no angel. I, I'll make I've made mistakes in the past. I'll make mistakes in the future. Um, and I and I I would hope that people would take my character on on, on who I am. Um, but in this in this sequence, if the GA had said right, we're suspending this player because of this. Incident. Well, then that's fine. Then John Kiley can't select them. But that's not what's happened. I don't. I think the whole thing is. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a scenario that I'd, I'd like to be talking about too much. I know there's other players in the past, and and there's other players presently uh, in court at the moment. They're in court hearings at the moment, and um, there's been no precedence. I've seen no time where the GA stepped forward and suspended a player from playing whilst this stuff was going on. John Kiley stood by Kyle Hayes during this trial um, character referenced him in court you can't not pick him then three weeks before a, a sentence in here when you've done all that already for him yeah. not, it's not It's not. look no matter what I say on this anyway no it's terribly it's, awkward it's going to be a, it's, it's, personally you create this whole thing who was it oh yeah I remember who it was Sherlock Nan came out a couple of weeks ago and said the, the Limerick team will this will drive them on yeah. to the five and I remember reading it thinking what a crock of shite. Like, you know, we all need one of our players now to go out and commit a, a violent... But there's a difference, you see, this is the thing and I like Sherlock. There's a difference between talking a load of drivel and something being 
Hold on, fundamentally if you're, if you're wrong. If you're but that's what I'm saying. This is, but that's not the you know, Gerlach Nads talk the load of driven. Let's be honest. To be, that is like that's for me. That's un, that's unbelievable to say something like that. Yeah, well, in that, the total guy. nonsense that was in the newspapers. I would have took it's more nonsense. I would have took more offence by that article than than what happened this weekend. Look, but the only thing I'd say, right, and this is a claim, Mr. McCarthy, who was um, unfortunately the, the victim in, in these uh, in this situation. Uh, Hayes had, a, this is an article from the Irish Times at, at the time, Hayes had allegedly warned Mr. McCarthy and another man, pardon my language, this is a quote, to stay the fuck away from two women they were chatting to in a bar attached to the nightclub. Mr. McCarthy told the trial that when he told Hayes he knew the girls, Hayes became aggressive and said, do you know who the fuck I am? Now, if that is the case, Kyle Hayes obviously holds himself to a higher standard than a normal person. Yeah, look, he, he, he... You can't shrug it off if he said it, though, I think. That's what I'm not, say. I'm not, I'm not yeah. shrugging it yeah. off that he did. And the, the point that I'm saying to you is, I'm not defending him for one no, second No, I know here. that. God, um, I know that. <laughs> I'm not trying to say... No. But I'm just trying to... No, I, no, it's it's look, a terribly awful argument to bring balance to. Yeah, it is. It's very hard to bring balance to. But yeah. the, question, the question is, I have to take this as it is, and it's simple. Did Was John Kiley right to play him or was John Kiley wrong to play him? The point that I make is when you back somebody from the beginning, mm. you've backed that horse. You yeah, stick with it now. That, yeah. John Kiley backed him. John Kiley went to court and, and did say, you know, he, he gave him his character reference and stood up for him in court. If he's going to do that, he has to play him. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 what. Or, or else you just look like you're not telling the truth, or you're, you're you're you know you're you're making this up as you go along. Was it the right thing to do? I personally don't know if it was. I, I at the time of this as well, one of the lads texted me and said, "Would you pick one of your players if this was going on?" Um, genuine year they asked me if I'd go as a character reference for them as well and to be honest with you depending on who it was if, if it was a player I trusted and a player I liked and, and, a, and a player that you know I, I would found as a genuine person that's made a genuine that's made a mistake then I would back them and I would go to court and I would stand up and I would defend them I would tell you about their general good character I wouldn't defend what they've done but I would yeah, say I know it's out mean, of character exactly, yeah. and I don't know Kyle Hayes from Adam I don't know him personally no, that case doesn't read very well for Kyle Hayes however John Kiley who people would see as a very decent person yeah. and a very genuine guy has said in his honest opinion and we have to take him at face value that this is very much our character for the lad so I don't know he's sticking by him Taggy touched on that whole mental health thing yesterday as well don't really want to go down that rabbit hole either but at the end of the day I'd say the world of pressure is on the that mental health for well he just said in general there's a mental health aspect there you see I can't, I can't I can't accept that well I can't either this no, is why I'm saying I'm not going to go down that rabbit yeah. hole but what I would say to you is I would say the weight of the world is on his shoulders at the moment and maybe there was a bit of a release there and John Kiley said look let's give him a bit of a release here and let him go out and hurl a match like okay. so that's what I said the logic behind it was would I do it myself don't know hope I'm never in that position yeah same and I just you know I don't know where I lean on it myself but if we're just I do wonder too if he was number 27 instead of number 7 would Kyle Hayes still be involved um, you know I have no that, doubt in my mind he wouldn't well then he shouldn't be playing simply that, no, that, yeah, no, yeah, just, yeah yeah I know um, that's another but like he just shouldn't be playing you're going to you're either going to treat them all the same or you're going to treat them you know you cannot yeah, treat yeah. different people differently in my opinion it's just yeah it does leave a sour taste in about we'll move on Eddie because uh, obviously we do like to uh, have a bit of fun on this um to other matters, I suppose. Uh, the black card and extra time cards um, coming into hurling. Basically, what I mean by that, I didn't explain it well. The black card uh, is coming in. Um, 
uh, and penalties will be given if it's seen that you're stopping a clear goal scoring opportunity uh, and also if you are sent off in normal time and again goes to extra time you are not allowed to come back onto the pitch as was the case in the past you will now still be sent off so if a team are down to 14 men after 17 minutes they'll be down to 14 men in extra time as well for example uh, you wanted to touch on this yeah the, <laughs> actually the black card the black card thing it's fine that'll be it'll be a disaster as always anyway I think there's enough cards there's a yellow card red card done move on we don't need black cards um, that's my opinion but anyway the one thing that they have corrected is that absolute disaster of a rule that I can get sent off in the last minute of a match and my team goes down to 14 men and then the game goes to extra time and we're allowed back up to 15 again that was a shambles of a rule and all cards were wiped just so you know at that stage all cards were wiped Yellows and everything are wiped. No, I never knew that. Oh no, all cards are wiped. <laughs> they used to the referees say it's a new game. That's their thing though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's a, I was actually, it's a I new don't game, want, I'll see you next yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. I, I was watching the the League Cup final with somebody yesterday and they wouldn't be too into soccer, but they begin to the hurling and uh he said, Is this a new game now? But the Carabao but Cup the cards, yeah, the the cards are wiped. Like, yeah, it's just the way in GA the team yeah, sometimes no. it's just like it's a new game. Like, yeah, so that, which is which is totally incorrect. It's yeah. not a new game. If it was a new game, you know, you get a chance to get a rest and move on. Zero but, zero as well. Yeah, but the penalising a team during the normal part of the game. But I think and the point that I was making to you before was I think what happens is these rules are made at a certain time. The game changes yeah, slightly yeah, yeah. and them rules don't. And I actually think, look back in the day, there was very few games going to extra time. They all went to replays. There was replays the whole yeah. time. Mm. Now there's no fucking replays. There are very few. And as a result of that, then you have a load of these extra time games. And when you have extra time, I think this is, this is a rule that had to be corrected. They corrected it at Congress. It was great. Um, the yellow cards, red cards, they're fine. No issue at all. The The black card... I think they're. Uh, I think. I think they're just. I think they're just making it all the time. It's just becoming more tricky and tricky and tricky. And one of the things I absolutely can't have any 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 decisions that are just left down to a per, impersonal um, interpretation of the rule. To me, is a bad rule. If if it's down to what I, I a rule is a rule. You can't do this or you can't do that. You can't throw the ball. You can't carry it seven steps. You know this type of stuff. They're black and white, bang. But when you're leaving it to personal interpretation, a clear goal-scoring chance, black card and penalty, like, you're penalising the living shite of a team. And I think what'll happen is someone will get knocked out of a championship on the back of one of these this year. Or is it coming in straight away? I don't think so. It normally comes in in the national leagues next year. Mm. I don't know when these are coming in. So if these rules are coming in, I, I guess they're not going to bring in new rules in a championship. So what'll mm. happen is these new rules that have been approved will be played off in the league, yeah, watch cups and stuff. Yeah. Is where the experiment first, and then the leagues and on so on and so forth. But I think what'll happen ultimately is there'll be a match where a team is going to lose because they've a player black carded and the whole lot. But I don't know. I love if you ever get a chance sometime to read some of the rules in the GEA. I've I've had this out with players. There are some bangers in there. It's there's some really good fun runs. Like yeah, yeah. Um, if you get sent off in an all Ireland final, you're not allowed to partake in the after match activities. Did you know that? No. If you get sent off in the All Ireland final last minute of the game, yeah. Kenny are winning by two points. Derek Ling looks over and says, "Robbie, we need you to see this in full back." You yeah, go, yeah. ball over the up. You come flying out with her, decapitate a Tipperary man breaking in on goal. Your red carded. They get a free. He puts it over the bar. The referee blows the full time whistle. Everybody invades the field celebrating. You have to sit down in the dressing room. You're not allowed 
be there for the presentation and the whole lot. Like, Do you think if, that rule would be applied? I don't think the, the rule is there. It's never applied. <laughs> but I think if you're found to have breached that rule, you're suspended for the first two games of next year's oh, for God's sake. Walsh Cup or one of the big competitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, there is. There's loads of rules there that are mad. Um, I, I, I often wonder as well, I'd say, be some crack going to that Congress because did you ever notice, did you ever go to, yeah, obviously you've been to the AGM in your club, but there's always, there's people go to AGMs and I don't want to collectively ruin the GM. <laughs> but people go to the AGMs and they feel that they have to have some form of a contribution. So my favourite one is normally like, can I get a proposal for that? And next thing, Robbie Dowling. Seconder. Can I get a seconder? And you see, there's, there's this one madman in the club like, and he'll always throw his hand yeah, up. Yeah, he, yeah. He'll second and propose everything. <laughs> but can you imagine putting a group of these people from every GEA club in the country in one room and every one of them feeling that they have to make some form of a contribution. And they make a weekend over. But they have to because everybody has to make yeah, a contribution. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get some, you get like, you'd have to read back on the minutes but I'd say there's oh, some, I'd say there's some crazy. You need another weekend for that. I'd say there's some crazy <laughs> stuff fired out there. But there's, there's other ones that have been changed. I think at under 20 now you can play senior and that was all. Yeah, good. that was um, that was strange. Which which is good. It was it was uh, they've put in a kind of a I think it's seventy two hour period or something that you, you, you has, there has to be seventy two hours between games or whatever. But I know there's a few rules to be changed. But you, you'll have to wait till it all comes out because underneath all of this now there'll be some crazy crazy rule that's after been picked by something to do with hurling has after been selected and repaired by some fella down in the back. Uh, Common somewhere spotted something and sorted it, you know. So eh, the the Congress always comes up with one or two brilliant ones, as in ones that I kind of look at kind of saying, who in the name of God thought that needed fixing? But the cards did need fixing and, and they're rightly repaired, Robert. Yeah. Um, we'll just end on one more point, uh, Eddie. Uh, in the McAvoy, actually there might be two more. Uh, in the McAvoy, I did the interview with him last week. He said, Kilkenny won't win in All-Ireland. Uh until 2030 at the earliest what did you make of that because obviously you think Kilkenny will win it this year yeah um, yesterday didn't do a whole lot now to get me back up on that one but um, <laughs> but no in a McAvoy he did and I was listening to that as well it was a good interview well done um, thank you but I, I, I strongly disagree with him um, and it was a sensational statement to make do you think so yeah. I, I thought he was being genuine no no, no he was being genuine yeah. but I think the point that he made was that Kilkenny won't win it for the remainder of this decade at least um, I thought that point was a bit unfair for a team that's been beaten in the last two All-Ireland finals um, they're right there so all they need is Limerick to slip and they'll they'll they'll, they'll be there so I think I hope he's wrong um, but I could see the point the other point he did make which really resonated with me was he said awfully he'll never win an All-Ireland title again he said it'll never happen again where a team wins a football title and follows it up the following year winning a, fo- a hurling title. That'll never happen again. And I thought, do you know what? This man is absolutely bang on the money. He's spot on. Actually, I, don't, I didn't agree with that. Well, I think he's absolutely... I think for the sm- if, if he was just referring to the smaller counties, which I can't remember, would you believe? I would agree. But I think Galway or Cork or somebody like that could do it. No, I think uh, backup titles like that, one after the other, I don't think they will. I think you need to focus on one or the other if you want to do it, be successful. Um, like the Limerick football team are going a lot better till the Limerick hurling team started winning everything. Um, that's, that's true. I'm telling you, you can't. It's not. It's not. It's not. When was like this is something? Then we'll bring this up again in another podcast mm. when 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 we have the half today. There's no jewel players anymore. The jewel player is no, gone. That's, that's finished with. But you barely have them at club level now. Yeah. You know, so the demands on these people is is insane. I think I think his point was brilliant. It did hit home for me 
how sad it was and the other thing I said to you last week on the podcast was about super clubs and the formation of super clubs and at, at the detriment of the small rural teams and this is what's happening at the inter-county senior levels as well you have massive population hoods and they're going to be winning All-Ireland titles meanwhile Kilkenny who are punching way above their weight with 90,000 people living here they're punching miles above their weight and, and have done for, for years because it's in the culture but if Kilkenny was to start losing people to rugby, to soccer, if they were to try and compete in Gaelic football, Kilkenny would be in big trouble. Yeah. I actually, yeah, it's an interesting point. Just on the on the fact that I, I, I just want to finish it on this, uh, that he said Kilkenny wouldn't win till 2030. I think he just articulated and named a year that a lot of people would agree with. And I think that took them by surprise, if I'm being honest with you. Because uh, I don't think it's too beyond the realms of possibility that Kilkenny won't win it by 2030. If you would have said to me back in 2015, Kilkenny won't win Noller, and by 2024, everybody would have put you in a white jacket. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's just put a year down and people get a bit shocked. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, oh, no, hold on now. Just for the basis mm. of his point, Kilkenny should have won the senior club All-Ireland title this year. Their club though, Eddie. They won the intermediate, they won the junior. And Ballyhale were the All-Ireland champions last year at at club level. Um, Kilkenny's club game is so strong at the moment, it is fair to assume that that will filter back into the inter-county game. That's where you get all your players. Kilkenny is the best club championships in the country at the moment so it's only a matter of finding them players and unearthing them for Kilkenny to kick on and that's why I disagree with the the 2030 statement I actually think Kilkenny will win I said it and I, I know, said it again yeah, I think they'll win it this year but I think they'll definitely win they'll win a couple of All-Irelands in the next five years they might, but I'd be, I'd be, I actually would be surprised myself. But we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I'm sure we'll elaborate on that when we have more time uh, down the line. I just wanted to touch on one more thing, Eddie, if if you don't mind. Um, and I stand to be corrected here. There's a two week break after this round of fixtures, which came off the back of a two week break. So there's going to be a four week period, if I'm not mistaken where there's going to be one live hurling game on television. I think Cork and Watford was the only game on television, except for in your friend's house where Limerick and Dublin was on, uh, this weekend when it comes to hurling. There was a few football games on now, uh, two on Saturday for sure, and then one on Sunday afternoon. One game in four weeks accessible to people to watch hurling at a time when we're talking about the promotion of hurling. Like... Should that be allowed? It, it should be planned better. I don't think there should be dual weekends like what you had at the weekend just gone with mm. hurling and football. I'd be more inclined to... One week, then next week, one week, yeah, next week. Yeah, that's the way it should be, uh, in my opinion. Because worse than the fact that only one game was covered live, um, the Sunday game last night didn't give you any time to digest anything. It was literally a congested show. It's a bad show at the moment. It was a congested show... Everything was fired into real tight space and time. I see people like Brian Gavin coming out, giving out about it um, today. That he said that the you know, and I, I I I've said it before and I'll say it again. There should be two separate shows. The Sunday game should be Sunday game hurling, Sunday game football, and it should be you know give enough time for them games to be analysed and reviewed and looked at. And uh, you know if we're going to be serious about the national league, we should be doing that. Um, is there enough games on telly? The problem I think happens is it's a feast or famine. I don't know if you ever noticed that. You have a weekend with about five games on and then you have a weekend with no games on. 
Um, we complain when it was on Sky. We complain when it goes on GEA Go. We complain when it's not on RT and TG Car. I just think um, in order for the sport to grow and to be promoted properly, you want these games on telly. That game yesterday, that Cork Waterford game yesterday, clashed with the cup final, Robbie, in a country absolutely wall to wall Liverpool fans. And uh, we clashed that Cork Waterford game with the with the Chelsea Liverpool match because where I was watching that game, it was on my right was the hurling and on my left was the soccer. So I was able to keep an eye on both, if you know what I mean. Now there's a lot of people that would have heard you say that and said, Would you go away? It's English soccer, we don't care about it. We want to watch hurling and it has nothing to do with it. Do you think I completely disagree with that argument? I think the GA need to become a lot more realistic and practical in what they do. It's the third round of the Allianz National Hurling League. Other sports are going to take precedent if you don't place it properly. I think the Saturday night games, for example, are a great time to put on games. Um, but see, like, I, the Saturday night games are great for people to watch them on telly. And I think if you can try and have it, I think a, bit, a little bit more management, as in the teams that are playing each other on the Saturday night games, have them a little bit closer together. Limerick having to travel the whole way to Dublin to play a Saturday night match. You know, I would have much preferred, say, Limerick and yeah. Tipperary to be on a Saturday yeah, night. No, Logistically, it's much yeah, better yeah, for yeah, supporters. Yeah. Uh, Kilkenny heading down to Cork for a Saturday night match. Again, great to watch it on telly, but not ideal if you're, you know, hopping in the car yeah, and heading yeah. down to watch the match. So try and strike a balance. There was the Carabao Cup final, in fairness now, in all honesty, you know, it was just on the telly in the left hand side. But the bar I was watching it was in Kilkenny and the volume was up on the soccer match. It wasn't up on the hurling. Just because there's more interest in it. Not because soccer is more interested people well, are more a cup interested final in soccer. Versus it's a cup the final the National for League. a big club. You, you said you're right about Liverpool, but the odds are with not just Liverpool, but you know, if you either support Liverpool or you don't like Liverpool, so you're gonna have a swing one way or another. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Um, Whereas Waterford and Cork, you need to make it attractive to people. Yeah, but it's it, like I, I just there was an unnecessary clash there, in my opinion, time and wise. Um like I know we can't f- factor in everything, but no, that, not that everything. Game, that game was only fixed last week, like the times and stuff. Yeah, that was, yeah. you know, so they could have turned around and said, right. Now I know the first game was at one fifteen and the whole. Now I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole either and, and start another. But we're doing some rabbit, a lot of rabbit holes. My holes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Carlo yesterday played um, Leitrim in the football. Yeah, brilliant win, yeah. late goal, super stuff, really exciting. The Carlo women played the Leitrim women yesterday as well. They did, yeah. Four miles down the road. Yeah. At half past twelve. But what type of balls is that now? Why wasn't that game played in Netwatch Cullen Park yesterday? How many people from Carlo yesterday went to the women's match and went home instead of staying there to watch it? And how many people from Leitrim? I know all of the Leitrim people obviously went across the Netwatch Cullen Park to watch the game afterwards. But you're on about promoting games. I think the females uh, side of it, the ladies football in Hurling as well. I asked Chap why the Clare match wasn't going to be a curtain raiser for the lads game and he said in fairness the lads game was fixed for very early in the day and it'd be very unfair to expect Clare to drive up here and play a game at half 11 in the morning but Nolan Park were happy to accommodate that I don't know why that clash happened yesterday um, why it didn't become a double header automatically but there's, look there's loads of things that are wrong that was another thing that was kind of agreed in Congress as well I think the yeah, whole amalgamation integration, yeah. yeah that whole thing is coming through be really interesting to see unfortunately I think the GEA were going down that route professionalism anyway. There's no more dual players. I think Enda McAvoy was spot on last week what he said to you about uh, counties competing at both tables in, 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 in hurling and football. I actually think if you look at the hurling and the football, the teams that are trying to do it in both are falling back. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I think, look, we'll leave it at that. If we could stay going and going and going. Um, if you are interested in listening to this podcast, you can catch us anywhere you do your 
Podcast Listening, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or on scoreline.ie. You can always hear a segment at the weekend. Um, Eddie, I should say thanks. Thanks for coming in today. And uh, I did enjoy that. I always enjoy it. And you know when you say that at the very end, <laughs> it's some crack though, because if you if you want to listen to the podcast, at the very end of the podcast, like they've already listened to the podcast. If you want to listen to continue listening though. So why are you going to continue listening to the podcast? Do you know what I mean? Like, do, you know, do you know, like, you know, we've referenced Enda McAvoy a lot and people are like, I wonder where I can listen to that. And then I, I guide them. That's a great idea, actually, Robert. Thanks, Eddie. Give these people more credit, Robbie. Yeah, no, I'm just, I think I'm you're just all saying, great anyway. It's right. I t- no, I think, no, I'm not a condescending person. Condescending. Uh, we yeah. also um, did a great interview with Michael Fenley. And if you'd like to listen to that, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you do podcast listening. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Eddie. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and scoreline.ie.